In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 332nd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to slow it down here today at the Bowtie Chronicles. The draft is over. We're getting ready for the rookie minicamp. And then we'll be heading into some OTAs and then the mandatory mini camp. Then we'll really slow it down and take a little break and get ready to come back for training camp. But today we're going to talk about the five things to watch at the rookie mini camp. It'll be Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. Or no, I'm sorry, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, open to the media on Friday and Saturday. Five things to watch on our list that we'll be watching at the minicamp. Pretty predictable five things to watch. Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Arno. Uh, wait a minute. I worked on it. I worked on it. Arno Ebukati. Ebukati. That's uh, Arno's nickname. Been working on that all morning. Wanted to get that right for everybody. Uh, four, Troy Anderson. And then the UDFs and tryout guys. So, uh, you know, and then we, we got all the rookies here. We're going to spend some time on all of them today. Uh, we're going to, um, you know, uh, uh, definitely got issues. Want to see how they do. We're going to be watching the quarterback. Uh, certainly Desmond Ritter. You know, we've been talking to folks. Uh, Marcus Mariota is, um, you know, you know, he's got a track record out there. He, uh, uh, you know, was a starter in Tennessee. He's going to get a chance to start here. But if things go sideways, I'm thinking uh, Desmond Ritter's going to have to get ready to play. You know, everybody's got to be ready to play. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, I don't think Desmond's going to be long for the bench. But so, uh, you know, but Marcus Mike and, you know, the, the hope is, hey, maybe he can – uh, if he can do um, a Ryan Tannehill and take hold of the job, fine. If he can't, get the kid ready, see if he can play. And I think that's where we're headed, and we're going to start seeing that here uh, at the uh, rookie minicamp. When the third-round pick, we're, we're making him the number one thing to watch is the quarterback, Desmond Ritter, who's drafted 74th overall. Now, the for sure thing is the number eighth pick is going to play. So we went ahead and moved him up on the depth chart into that uh, slot opposite of Cordarrelle Patterson. That's Drake London, the the wide receiver who's drafted eighth overall uh, in the draft. And um, but there's an issue with him. We're going to we're going to discuss that here with the coach. So you know the quarterback thing's pretty clear. We want to see Ritter. We want to see his accuracy. Is he overthrowing guys? Is he behind guys? Is he? Are they going to let us see him throw? Um, 
But that that was the issue. That's why he dropped. Everybody likes his leadership, his poise, his uh, all those intangibles and so forth. But he's got to be able to, on, on third and eight, he's got to be able to get the ball to Kyle Pitts, basically. On third and six, so he's got to be able to get the ball to Drake London. Or, hey, if those two guys are covered, then he's got to find Cordell Patterson and give him a catchable ball. So that's going to be his charge. He can run an offense. He can run RPOs. He can run the ball. Uh, they both can do that. Can he find a receiver under duress in the NFL level is going to be the key. Can he put the ball on the money? So those that'll be the main thing, number one thing to watch at the rookie mini camp. The second's going to be London, and there might be uh, some issues with his, uh, his health and how they're going to pace him. But let's go ahead and uh, see what Drake London is looking forward to most once he steps on the field with the Atlanta Falcons. I think just the direction that we're headed into, um, like I said before, I mean, the culture that they're trying to build um, and the guys that they're trying to bring in um, to build that culture, uh, whether it's previous players who are already there um, or the coaches, anything like that, you know, I think we're moving in the right direction and um, I'm happy to be a part of it. Now, we don't know how much a part of uh, rookie minicamp he's going to be, if he's just going to be a watching participator or, uh, you know, on the sidelines. He's coming off of a fractured foot. He was moving some late in the pre-draft process. So he is coming in off an injury. So how will they bring him along? Here's Coach Arthur Smith. We'll bring him along at his speed. So certainly when you put a – a pick that high on a player, there's an expectation. This guy needs to contribute no different than Kyle last year. So, But we've all been around it. We're not going to expedite. You know, he is coming off of an injury the last season. He's good to go, but we still got to be smart as we bring him along getting to camp. Yeah, well, you know it's tough. Uh, you're a wide receiver, a big guy. Fractured ankle is pretty, pretty serious business. Uh, so you want to make sure you, you don't. Uh, rush it back, especially, uh, you know, uh, weight-bearing and, and so forth. So we're, we want to know from Coach Smith if Drake London's going to have any restrictions, you know, early in minicamp or, you know, maybe even early in training camp. I mean, the way that the it's set up now, uh, you know, some of the rookie camps from the old days, D-Led, um, you know, used to be kind of full metal jacket when they started. Everybody's Smarter, you got to build these guys. They've all been different. Some of these guys have been on the banquet circuit. They've been taking a million visits. They've been trying to work out in hotel gyms. Like, you guys got to be smart when these guys get here and build them up. That's for all of our players. Well, all right. That's that's definitely the case. No question about it. They got to be smart, but, uh, you know, they're expecting them to play. So that those are two things uh, to take away from Coach Arthur Smith. And so the third thing to watch will be Arnold E.B. KT, the pass rusher from Penn State, who was taken with the uh, second uh, round pick, 38th overall. And y'all know that uh, going into the draft, I was saying, hey, all these top 100 players, they got to play. They got to be starters. Um, your first round, first through third round picks or 70% of your starters in the NFL. So that's Drake London, Arnold. Uh, Troy Anderson, Desmond Ritter, and D'Angelo Malone were the players that the Falcons used their top 100 picks on. Uh, London 8th, Arnold at 38, Troy Anderson 58, Desmond Ritter 74th, and D'Angelo Malone 82nd. So uh, 
with the defensive ends, you know, we won't get to see much, see them punch the dummies, uh, see if we might get to see some one-on-one, see if they can get past the tackles. Uh, should be um, fun just trying to see what kind of speed uh, that they have. Both supposed to be speed guys with moves and uh, definitely uh, speed guys that could bend the edge, you know, and that's like when you can get up above the tackle and then you got to explode to the quarterback. That's how you get your sacks. Uh, you know, if somebody's chasing them your way, that's cool. But uh, if you get past that tackle, you got to be able to get to the quarterback. That's the, how you finish the, the sack out. Learned that watching uh, Sugar Bear Hamilton coach uh, for years back when they used to let us get on the field and I can get right in the drills with him. He didn't mind, but uh, uh, yeah, he did a great job with Abraham. And you could tell when they did it right and did it wrong. Uh, but we'll be watching that as best we can. We're going to take our binoculars. Because uh, sometimes the pass rushers might be way over on the other field. But we're going to, yeah, I got to make note to self, take binoculars for rookie minicamp. Um, we're also going to have uh, some, some extra coverage this weekend. John Riker, our intern from Northwestern's coming out. Looking forward to working with him. Uh, my buddy J.A. Adande is a big part of that program up at Northwestern. And he'll be out there helping on both days, and then Gabe Burns is coming out on Saturday, and he's going to um, do a column, maybe a big picture column or maybe a column on one of the players. But we're looking forward to having some AJC company out at the rookie minicamp. So, um, you know, we're up to three. We, we covered Ritter. We covered Drake. We're not going to have y'all here long Uh you know, the draft's over. Everybody's got to, um, you know, uh, get ready for, uh, you know, the offseason a little bit here now. Now we're going to move on to our fourth item is linebacker Troy Anderson. He's the uh, second-round pick out of Troy State. Uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> I gave him a whole new school. He's Troy Anderson out of Montana State from Dillon, Montana, the cattle farmer. Uh, in the cattle farming family. He was the 58th pick overall uh, in the draft, ran a 4-4-2, fast, fast-looking linebacker, good-looking athlete. Uh, it's causing a lot of speculation on what the future is for Deion Jones with the Falcons. You know, Deion was a second-rounder, too, taking uh, 52nd overall. And uh, just for... Um, Reference, Duke Riley was a third-rounder taking 75th overall as far as recent linebackers. You know, they have been hitting on the linebackers, Devondre Campbell, Dion, uh, Foyer Ulicana in the sixth. Um, you know, Coach um, Ulrich, Jeff Ulrich was doing a good job getting those linebackers in here. So, and some of the speculation is because uh, um, Troy Anderson and his speed and the fact that at the Combine, General Manager Terry Fontenot made reference to four big contracts. And we've seen action on three of them. The four big contracts were Matt Ryan, he's been traded, Jake Matthews, renegotiated, and uh, lowered cap number, Grady Jarrett, renegotiated, extended, had his contract number lowered, and the other was Deion Jones. He's at $20 million now. He has the highest contract uh, salary cap number on the team. And they uh, signed Rashard Evans, presumably to take Foyer's place. 
And uh, they've also had a free agent uh, in for a linebacker interview. And then they drafted Anderson. So we're going to watch how he moves and drops if he's fluid in coverage. Uh, that's a big part of the job, covering backs and tight ends. That's what we heard about Nicole Dean. It's like, hey, can he cover backs and tight ends? He can cover backs. They weren't so sure he can cover tight ends. That was one of the many, many questions about Nicole Dean and uh, why he went uh, to the third round to the Eagles. Now, Troy Anderson, he's an interesting kid, played linebacker uh, for Montana State. He played quarterback as a sophomore. So he got converted to linebacker. So I'm wondering what kind of instincts does he have at that position? Is it going to take him a millisecond? If you if you don't recognize Alvin Kamara coming out of the backfield right away and then you got to get on your horse to get to him, you're going to probably be late. So um, the instincts are going to be key for him and, uh, you know, how fast he can recognize and, and get to his assignment. Uh, so you figure that. Going to take some seasoning, but we want to see what that looks like. Um, you know, they're not going to be doing any hitting. We won't get to see any popping or filling the holes or, I don't, I, you know, the good old stuff, you know, Oklahoma drills. Uh, but we can get to see how he runs and moves. And, hey, maybe he'll get excited and thump somebody or something. Uh, you know, you, you get in trouble for that now <laughs> nowadays with that. Uh, so those are four one. Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Arnold E. Ebukite, Troy Anderson. And then our five things that watch, we can kind of do a couple of them uh, together here. We caught up with uh, Jimmy Smith, former Cedar Grove high coach, who's out at Arkansas now. He's uh, the running back coach out there. I said, hey, you got any more Darren McFadden's coming that way? He's like, yeah, we had three of them back in the day. So he knows the history of his new school. Uh, but he's out there coaching the Razorbacks with Coach Sam. and uh, But he he coached Justin Schaefer and D'Angelo Malone, uh, both Falcon draft draft picks from Cedar Grove. He coached them in high school, and he shared his thoughts with us on Schaefer and Malone. I knew Justin was going to be okay because Justin went on hard-working kids who just work hard every day and get better and better every day. I think he'll be a kid and get an opportunity. He'll get an opportunity. He ain't going to turn back. He'll be a guy who'll stick and stay for a long time, I think. Just because he's a great kid and going to work hard and he's heavy-handed and got good feet. And he's going to learn and get better and better. I think it'd be good for him. Of course, Debo, uh, Debo just, I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete. Like, for us, he could have played receiver and could have played, he could have played safety, you know what I mean? Like, he's just a great athlete. But I was glad he got an opportunity because when he's coming out, a lot of people got to him too small. And I had to almost convince him not to go to some other schools and, and go to West Kentucky because he at the same school, other schools, I said, no, nah, man, you better than that. Most schools I talked to that really didn't feel like he was big enough. I was like, man, you're going to be all right. You know, go get him a shot at West Kentucky. And he ran with it, man, and just kept getting better and better. And I, like I said, I know he's going to be really good. All right, that's Coach Jimmy Smith, uh, former Cedar Grove coach. Key point from Justin, what he said about Justin, he's going to stick and stay. He's going to be around for 10 years. So we're looking forward to that. The Falcons need help on the offensive line. Uh, he'll definitely get an opportunity uh, here. And I thought it was interesting that, you know, D'Angelo only weighs about 240. He's trying to get up to 250. But it sounds like they, you know, knocked him throughout uh, for his weight while he ended up at Western Kentucky, uh, which was a good, you know, a good one double A powerhouse. Now, 
Uh, but the fact that he could have played wide receiver or safety, those are, you know, athletic uh, positions for uh, a guy of his size. So that that was interesting from Coach Smith. Appreciate Coach Smith um, uh, taking the time to uh, help us with a story we're working on, on on Sunday about Cedar Grove High and the three players they had drafted from the to the NFL, including uh, Jelani Woods, who um, – was a uh, tight end at Virginia, also third-round pick there. So this is the Bowtie Chronicles podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song. The celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents. Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. We're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, and we're going to finish up our five things to watch at the Rookie Mini Camp this week. You know, we got the list of the 13 uh, undrafted free agents. We went over that last week. Our, our guys at the 33rdteam.com, they did a um, UDFA most likely to make each team. And uh, the most likely UD, UDFA to make the Falcons was Tyler Vrabel, the Boston College tackle. Name's familiar to you all, I'm sure. That's Mike Vrabel's son. Uh, he played left tackle in college. And they note that the Falcons have to add more depth to their O-line, specifically at the all tackle OT position. Okay, Vrabel is the son of head coach Mike Vrabel. Brings a lot of experience to the table. He will need more time to develop, but could provide strong upside as O-line depth. All right, so UDFs is 13 of them. Uh, the bios are online. Uh, Vrabel's the one to watch, we've been told. A couple other intriguing ones. Uh, you know, we went over them last week. I'm not going to go to the whole list again. But another another new thing is that the tight end, Leroy the chef Watson from Texas San Antonio that played at Shiloh High in Gwinnett, uh, they're listing him as an offensive lineman now. So at 6'5", 270, he's going to have to put on some weight, but uh looks like he's headed to tackle. So, um, you know, he was a blocker, punishing blocker at uh, Texas San Antonio, and uh, they're going to give him a shot at tackle. So that that that's in line with, them saying the depth needs to get better along the offensive line. I mean, they're trying to find some linemen here. They like him as an athlete and want to see if he could uh, get stronger and bulk up and maybe slide inside and play some tackle. So those are our UDFs uh, issues as part of our three-part uh, part A, B, and C of five things to watch. Now, uh, lastly, the UDFs will be joined at the rookie mini camp by players on tryouts. And so we're looking for the tryout list. And uh, we, we got a few of the names of guys that uh, 
uh, said they received tryouts. And uh, one of them, you got to be leery of these because, uh, you know, stuff happens. Uh, Will Adams said he was coming to the Falcons. Then the Legacy Bowl folks announced it. Will Adams is the um, big D-back from uh, North Carolina Central, uh, one of the HBCU kids that shined at the Legacy Bowl. He said he uh, announced he was coming to the Falcons. Then uh, the Legacy Bowl announced he was going to the Dolphins. And then uh, I checked with my uh, my buddy Steve Weiss, and he said, I saw him in a commander's picture. So <laughs> he's going to somebody's tryout. It's not going to all three of them. Uh, so uh, we'll see where he's not coming here, apparently. But, uh, you know, so you just be mindful of these players announcing. I'll, I look to see if the school announces it. And so that's why I'll share these with you uh, from credible sources. Kobe Whiteside from Missouri is uh, coming, a defensive lineman. He supposedly has a tryout. You can put this one down in stone. This is from Ken Segura from the AJC. Georgia Tech's Ryan Johnson has a tryout. And then Trey Webb, a defensive back from, he started at San Jose State and uh, went to Montana State. He's uh, got a tryout. And then Tyler Witt, he's an offensive lineman from Purdue, uh, started at Western Kentucky and uh, finished at Purdue. He's also got a tryout. So the tryout guys come in. Some of them are local guys, um, but they fill out the roster. In the past, it's been about 40 guys. Just enough so you can line up a couple units, maybe one defense and two offenses, uh, you know, just a couple guys to throw it. You got Ritter, so you can, um, you know, you got one quarterback, and you're probably going to have another. Uh, you got the kid from Fair State. He's being brought in as a receiver returner, but he he can throw it too. He was a he was a quarterback, and uh, the former uh, former lacrosse player of the year, uh, Jared Bernhardt from Fair State, six one one ninety five. So you got a couple of people can throw it a little bit. It's gonna be interesting because we're starting to see some of the contracts get done for the rookies. Sauce Gardner signed with the Jets yesterday. Aiden Hutchinson signed. Uh, so that's at the top of the draft. That's ahead of uh, London. So we can hear London getting signed here pretty soon. Contracts are, you know, slotted. It's not a big deal like it used to be. So they will um, get that taken care of. So, and then just because I want to, um, you know, don't want to leave out the other draft picks, uh, Tyler Algier, the running back from BYU, we'll certainly check him out too. And then the tight end, I mean, really, a blocking tight end, you don't really, how hard is he hitting a dummy? Uh, what does he look like in a stance? What's his takeoff? You know, we'll spend all the two seconds on that. But the running back will be running on air. I'm sure they'll put in a couple, you know, stretch plays to, you know, let him hit the hole and run down the field. I'm sure he's going to look great and no with no pads and so forth. But uh, didn't want to leave the, the fifth-round pick out. Because he's going to have a chance to play. It's pretty clear uh, when looking at the rookie minicamp that they are getting some of these guys ready to play. Uh, I'm thinking London's going to be a starter. We got and, and, uh, Arnold's going to be a least rotational at the very least. Um, and Anderson, I'm thinking he's got to get some seasoning. But uh, he's going to play special teams. You know he's going to play that. And Ritter's going to – they're going to get him ready to play because they, they know what Mariota can do. Um, and 
Uh, they got to get Ritter ready just in case something happens. So uh, that, that I could see him on the field too. Malone, he could probably get to the field too this year. And certainly Algier. Uh, Schaefer, not so sure because pass protection, if that's a, the issue, um, you know, you just can't maul your way through that. So it's got to be better than what, what we saw last year from Mayfield. And then Fitzpatrick, you just let the young kid get bigger and stronger. And by year three, he's pushing people around. Uh, you got Fersker for that now. Um, and so uh, that's always good. So, you know, that's the whole rookie um, drafted class, UDFAs. We'll see who pops up for us. We're going to be looking at Vrabel. We want to look at the lacrosse kid for sure. Uh, the Tyshawn um, Williams kid from Central Connecticut. We got a couple good reviews on him. But, yeah, we'll we'll look at all of these guys and try to see, um, you know, UDFs are going to have a better than normal chance to make the team. The Derek uh, Tangelo kid was another one to, to note because he's a little shorter, but um, maybe two, at 6'1", 296. Uh, we'll look at the punter. He's, I heard he got a big leg. You know, can he come in and compete with Don Maggio uh, at the punting spot? So those are our five things to watch at the rookie mini camp. We'll be following stories on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, Monday. We'll come back with uh, five things we learned from the rookie mini camp, and then uh, you know we'll have a. Uh, a little period there where there's a one day a week availability for coaches and players, selected coaches and players. Uh, we'll, um, you know, we'll have that covered for you also. But the big news this week is the schedule. The schedule's coming out on Thursday. And, uh, you know, come to AJC.com. The uh, schedule will be up. we have a little commentary on each game. Uh, we hit it last year. It was like, hey, if they make it to Buffalo and need to win this one to go somewhere, it's going to be a tough one. They needed to win that Buffalo game to stay in the playoff hunt last year. And uh, that was a tough one. They they fought early, but, it, you know, Buffalo, uh, you know, Buffalo stood up, bowled, bowled their necks and ran the ball uh, on the Falcons late last year. That was a good game. It's always a fun time going up to Buffalo. We even got a little snow and everything in there last year. I don't know how they turned the schedule into a, um, a national holiday where it's a big show. How do you talk about a schedule for three hours? But we're going to do it tomorrow or at the weird, uh, you know, Thursday. Everybody's going to be all over the schedule, breaking down the different uh, road trips and miles and so forth. Falcons won't travel as much this year because they don't have the London trip. So here we go. Of course, we got, you know, they'll be playing the Saints, Buccaneers, and Panthers home and away. Then your home games in Atlanta or the Cardinals, the 49ers. I saw something where that might be the second week of the season. Uh, the Browns, Steelers, Bears, and the Chargers. Okay, so that's what Kyler Murray. I'll do the quarterbacks. Kyler Murray. Um, Trey Lance or Garoppolo, Deshaun or Baker or somebody else for the uh, Steelers, Trubisky or uh, who they just draft? A uh, Pickett, Pickett, okay. And the Bears and Justin Fields could be coming. 
here. And then Justin Herbert for the Chargers. Okay, and so then the away games are Ravens, who are supposedly signing Mike Davis today. Uh, the Bengals, ooh, and they look good in the Super Bowl. If they could just block, man, on that play when uh, Aaron Donald got Joe Burrows, Chase was breaking free from uh, Ramsey up the sideline. He was trying to get it out there to him. Man, that would have been a heck of a game. So, yeah, the Bengals, that's going to be hot up in the natty. Uh, maybe Ritter's starting when he goes back. Zach Taylor recruited him to um, to the Bearcat land up there in Clifton. Uh, Rams, that's Matthew Stafford. Seattle, I guess it's Drew Locke because uh, Coach Pete said he's not getting a quarterback. So, I guess that's Drew Locke or Geno Smith. And then uh, the Washington Commanders. In D.C., so that's um, that's the schedule that'll be coming out. Two trips to the DMV, one for the Ravens, one for Washington Commanders. Two trips out, well, no, one, well, one to L.A. and one to um, Pacific Northwest, and then one to the Midwest, to the Bengals. So that's the schedule to be out on Thursday. So, hey, we're going to wrap it up here. At the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, thank you, take care, and have a great rest of your week. Happy schedule day. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.